to all of those who loved him, all of us who still look for the black number three in the field, if you look real hard, they say you can still see him there. If you listen with us to the following song, well, perhaps you just might feel him here with us tonight. Ladies and gentlemen, here to remember Dale Earnhardt. TC and Jake. So I'd like to open this uh, segment of the conversation by first just talking about myself, uh, that my standard that I've always tried to live up to is that I feel like being a good friend to you is not saying negative things about you in a public space. And I want to establish that because I know I have fallen short of that many times where I said something and then afterwards I was like, man, I was kind of messed up. So, you know, we're all in glass houses here is what I'm saying. Okay. But you're crazy, man. There's no circumstance under which I was trying to get Mike Saroy to pull the shirts off the website because I wanted money out of it. I don't give a shit. Like, what, when, when, when do I do anything that's motivated by money? I fucking like burn money for fun, dude. I don't give a shit. Like, it's all your <laughs> material possessions. I just thought it was embarrassing to have that fucking picture of me out there and thought it was fucked up that someone would try to amplify like the worst picture of me ever taken. And, you know, he was like the whole Latisi thought I took it. Yeah, I definitely did at first, but like quickly figured out that no, instead he had just seen whenever it was up there and kept it. Like just fucking like saved it on his phone. Like this will be useful later, a year later. Like it was not like he had tweeted that a week ago. And I've, I've heard from sources placed inside the uh, Flemcorp meetings or what, whatever they're, uh, what, are they Regonk Industries? I'm Flemcorp. Is that the, the construct? Yeah, um, or a, uh, a, a subsidiary of such, <laughs> um, I think is how that... So I've, I've heard from the uh, sources inside Ragonk Industries that like when the whole thing blew up, it was like two seconds of Mike being like, oh yeah, I've got this right here. I've, I've been saving this embarrassing photo of him for months. Um, and so, yeah, no, I, I didn't want the, the uh, cut of revenue on the shirts. I wanted them pulled down because it's an embarrassing picture, which I feel like, like, I, I, I'm, I'm been, you know, for everyone who uh, didn't hear it, this was uh, discussed in the opening segment today. It was just a, a full reliving of Ragonk because today is the, uh, the anniversary of a, a time that I stuttered. Um, and, uh, I, I just feel like the, the picture being painted of the, the two different, like, the guy you're describing whenever you're like uh, the various things said, I, I don't think I like that guy. Like, I wouldn't want to hang out with him. He sounds like a fucking uh, annoying, like, dweeb. And, you know, whatever. I'm sure that people, I, I, I'm well aware there were many people who didn't who felt that I was an annoying dweeb during the time. And, you know, whatever. Uh, people are welcome to be wrong about a lot of things. Uh, <laughs> but, but I, uh, I don't know. I, I felt that that was a detail that, that needed uh, correcting on the record. And just to say that I'm a... Uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm bothered you would think that of me. Yeah, honestly, I forgot I even said that. I just, I thought the whole, like, upset about the usage of my likeness thing was a joke anyways. So, like, I thought the whole thing was just open for comedy. Like, I never really actually thought that, you know, I mean, Mike said you got a lawyer. I mean, I always thought I that was kind of... I did not get a lawyer. That's yeah, I know. That's why. what I'm saying. I, d- I think it was more of a joke. Okay. Like, I just... I never actually thought that you cared beyond just kind of thinking it was a dick move. Um, That's pretty it was, much it. Yeah. I think it's a dick move to take the most unflattering picture of me possible and put it on cufflinks. I think that's yeah, a defensible and, position. And I agree. And I also, um, I didn't know there was a time that you ever thought Mike took it. 
Like I thought you knew because I didn't like, know where it came from. I didn't remember that picture. I mean, like once man, they I'm, said it, I remembered it was we were recording at Bob's house and he snapped a quick photo. And I even think that like in the moment, like whenever I saw it on Twitter, it was kind of like, huh. Eh. Yeah, so did I. Take because a little I, care, Bob. Like tell us, I rem- you know, like look yeah, at I the remember seeing it uh, on Twitter like that night and being like, man, I don't know. That seems he. I don't know that I would have posted that of a of a friend like. It definitely felt like a, um, but I don't think sur- he had Ill surreptitious, intent. like I want to make you look bad type move. Oh, uh, I, d- I, never, I don't think he did. I, you know, we were there to have fun and do a podcast together. Yeah, but he didn't say like, "Hey, why don't the three of us get together and post a we're doing an IJB?" He just waited until you kind of had the most perfectly reclined position possible uh, to make you look heavy. Took a picture and immediately tweeted it. <laughs> like the facts are the facts there <laughs> but i i, I, I don't ascribe I remember will thinking to him. this shouldn't have been posted the first time i saw it so i never thought there was any question about you know saroy being involved in that arm of the uh operation yeah no it yeah i don't know um but yeah no i mean what what happened initially was like just that I, it was Austin Guttery, a former employee of uh, their, uh, the Well Creative or whatever. the End of the ticket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, at the, at the time, he was working for Cash. So Mike Cash and him are sitting around, like, you know, joking about the whole thing. Um, along with, you know, who knows how many other people I want to establish could be, could be a big room. I don't want to give up sources. Um, but uh, so... <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. They had hundreds of employees at the time, I assume. Right. It could have the mole could have been anywhere. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Um but like uh you know, he he was the one that like did the drawing and like uh, uh was was the creative force behind all this. So whenever right. I saw that stuff and like saw the the just I was I just texted him like, Will you please take down that picture? It's really fucking ugly. It makes me look bad. Like I I don't appreciate it. And he was like, uh, yeah, I'd be happy to, you know, like I'm I'm sorry about it or whatever, you know? And then uh then didn't. And so I like texted him like, uh, you know, what's up? And he basically was like, Cash and Mike tell me I can't. So I just went to them, like, you know, saw them at work later on. It was like, hey, uh Austin said he was cool taking it down, but you guys won't let him. Will you just let him? It's an embarrassing photo. I wish it wasn't up there. And they were like, why? And I'm like, well, I, you know, I mean, like, I wasn't really anticipating that question. I would hope you would just have a, a friendly, uh, of course, but, you know, it is my image. I assume that there's like some part of it that's illegal. So if you need a reason, I guess that's one. And I don't know. That's if you'd given me an hour to come up with a, with a, a reason, I probably yeah, could have come up with a better one. Yeah, that was lame as fuck. Like, it's you not great, admit. but like, I don't know. I'm not like fucking, I, I just feel like it was a reasonable enough request that like, you know, whatever. If I, if I had the chance to do again, I probably just would have insisted on like, it's really embarrassing. I, it bothers me. Like, will you please just be friendly about it? Uh, but I don't know, whatever. That's, that's where you went wrong though. I just don't feel like that's, I mean, like, yeah, I, we're, we're in agreement. I wish I had done something else, but like you're Mr. Never call the cops no matter what. And you're yeah, like, but I, I believe but you've I, infringed upon my trademark rights. But I am, like, I, you know, I do, like, care about that stuff. I don't know. Whatever. Uh, and that's not even really true. I'm not going to win that argument. Whatever. <laughs> he's doing self-inventory, and he's like, yeah, that's not even really me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I really um, don't care about anything. So even trying to feign this is probably not going to print. <laughs> accurate, you know, uh, you, you, you know me. Um, but uh, and then I like leaving that aside as I did, you know, fucking years ago. Um, like it was, it was, uh, it was bothersome to me in, in like a not not in like an incensed way, but in like a. I, I don't know how to describe the way exactly. Um, just like the, the, the I, I, I want to use this platform. I don't think he listens to the podcast, but maybe someone else will tell him about it. Maybe, uh, maybe, maybe uh, take a transcript of this and uh, email it to him. Mm-hmm. Um, that uh, it, it bothers me that, that Mike thinks that like, this is an ongoing, like, I think that Mike's one of the, the most fun people to be around I've ever met in my entire life. And it would be a giant mistake on my part to let something like that prevent me from, uh, from, from being friends with, uh, you know, such a, a gregarious figure. And I, I feel like I can point to all kinds of times since then that, uh, that these, these beliefs have been, uh, reflected and borne out. Like whenever we had him on the podcast, which I consider to be one of the uh, more fun podcasts that we've ever done, not the uh, first time, which I also do consider to be one of the more funnest ones we've ever done. But I'm, I'm referring in this instance to the, uh, the most recent visit. Um, you know, like, that, that was me asking him on like, you know, that, that was an idea I came up with to be like, Hey, I want to hang out with Mike and, uh, you know, have these fun stories and stuff. I don't know. I think Mike's great. And if if he thinks that I, uh, you know, have like a a deep well of resentment to this day, um, that, uh, that bothers me because, uh, I, I would, I would hope that our friendship means more to him than that. I think what we're seeing right now is that you've been out of the game for too long. What that I just that because, I'm buying into it or whatever? I don't know. Dude. Yeah, like even this whenever is way, I was on the air, I didn't say things that I didn't mean. Uh yeah, but I mean, you know, you'll. I don't know. It's it's uh it's a fleeting joke. The podcast is way more of like an actual conversation. I mean the uh, than, but the, I mean the, dude, the entire we, nature we, of the initial conflict is that I take all of these things to be like you know I mean it's human speaking words like I I take it in the way I take the rest of those. And everyone else is like, well, we're just trying to have fun. So we're going to keep on, you know, making people think that you're super fucking fat. Okay. But I don't think it's all the rest of those. I think your hero and my new to three partner is kind of the king of dude. Yeah. We're going to bust balls. But when we get done, I don't talk to you like that. Like if we're just hanging out, like, (laughs) yeah, but you know that he does a better job of that than anyone else. Okay, but that's a matter of the spectrum, not the matter of the nature of what we're talking about. I yeah. mean, he's kind of the king of, look, yeah, just deal with it whenever we're dealing with it, and then we'll be friends afterward. Like, we're, we're doing entertainment here. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I know that's his view. I, I do not, you know, uh, fully agree with it. Um, you know, I mean, it, it depends on the situation. Whatever. Yeah, I mean, we've We've been, had a lot uh, going on. I don't want to spend the entire podcast on uh, righting wrongs. Yeah, and to uh, you know, to your uh, to your point, and I guess also to mine, I obviously don't know what the anniversary day is. I only knew that because Dan told me this morning. Yeah, I only knew because uh, Brett Ship texted me. Oh, really? Just about said, that. He just yeah said rewind it on the app. <laughs> no, no. Actually, I didn't have any. Uh, it was just that I was wondering whether or not we were going to do this podcast, and I, I thought that might depend a bit on uh, what exactly your uh, show schedule was. <laughs> I wanted to know how the rest of my day was going to go, and I just happened to fall on that part. I'm like, God yeah. damn it! Why, why couldn't I just uh, tuned in for the Dalton segment? Yeah, for for Andy Dalton is great with the quick game. 
so yeah, uh, Dan out most this week. I was out part of last week. Um, we obviously didn't have a Patreon last week. The best I can do for you right now is like, we'll get to it when we get to it as far as like explaining everything. You know, I'm sure most of the people who listen to this have some level of compassion and understanding for both You've of us. You've probably met people with chlamydia. Yeah, exactly. Who have had uh, chlamydia or the clap. Always threw me off that the one they called the clap wasn't chlamydia. Um, so I'll be able to give you the full diagnosis on, on the clap and or chlamydia um, at the time of my choosing, quote unquote, my choosing. Um, so, you know, we'll make up the lost Patreon episode for sure. And, uh, you know, it sucks that we had to go this long, but, you know, life hit you, man. And it's been, uh, it's been an extremely weird 10 to 12 days for me. I'll just say that, you know, so I want to do more with the, beyond that. I don't, I want to do more with the Patreon in general. I was thinking about it. Like whenever we missed the episode, I was thinking maybe I'll just do like a live stream Q and a, and like, I, I didn't, you know? Uh, so this, that's probably how the rest of this will go. But you uh, thought about it. <laughs> I thought about it. And I'll tell you what I did do. Uh, there's like a Instagram stories ripoff thing on there. Um, and so I, uh, I posted a couple of Jeff Foxworthy clips on there. Okay. So that was something. Man, I got to tell you, um, I don't really think it's like a, you know, because like I think I thought Ron Wood was funny at a time now maybe oh, I, he's not uh, funny now ron white yeah yeah i did too ron man. white excuse me ron white yeah not the rolling stones uh instrumentalist but i, I you know and i mean i guess i haven't revisited uh i uh, tried to watch his most recently, recent special because of that and it's not terrible but it's not it didn't hit like before you know larry the cable guy like i guess i i always kind of knew that that seemed you know feigned to me but he was also man. in that special uh, the the Jeff Foxworthy one. The Jeff Foxworthy thing just never really did it for me, man. And I remember my my parents thinking it was really really funny, but um, yeah, you know, Kristen and I were actually talking about this the other day because we walked by <laughs> we walked by a house on a uh, a little walk. Um, Sounds beautiful. Yeah, it was. Yeah, we were. Tell me, how are the fall le- leaves? Allowed to leave the house. Um, and there's a house a couple blocks away that has, you know, multiple Trump signs and they have, um, a, we don't call, we shoot sign. And it was this Monday night. So four nights ago and they had their windows completely open and they were watching the Bill Burr monologue Hmm. from a Saturday night. And she was like, man, I wonder what they, what they think of that. Like she almost like was talking about it. Like it was like an incongruity. And I was like, well, I mean, obviously this is like the only thing comedically that they even like remotely can cling to. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I I, I didn't, I didn't watch the monologue. I meant to, uh, it sounded, but it it did like uh, mention Trump or something, right? Yeah, but I mean, even if it doesn't, it's just kind of like it goes back to the Roseanne thing where like Roseanne was like explicitly not funny and it was the one funny thing that spoke to, you know, MAGA people and then it got run off because she said racist stuff. And I think your point was like, why don't you just let them have this? I did feel that to some extent. Yes. 
But it's it's really funny because like if you know anything about Bill Burr, like you would not call him a conservative. It's just that like we have this really weird blurring of the lines, and this is obviously like where you know your dirtbag left comedy comes into play and stuff like that. Is it's like Bill Burr is almost certainly on board with like you know socialized medication. Um, yeah, you know, but I think that he tends to be a little sympathetic with them about some cultural issues. Like, you, you but that's what I'm saying, though. But yeah. I think he's sympathetic on those cultural issues because of comedy. <laughs> like, because he still wants to be able to make jokes about certain groups. He's like, yeah, I don't think you should get fired because of this. I just think I should still be able to make fun of you. And that's like the closest thing that conservatives have to comedy that speaks to them. Yeah, but even though I, I like most of the people that are espousing it in no way believe most of their actual policy beliefs, goals, agendas, you but know, the, the typical Trump voter, I, I don't think that they are like, I, you know, I, I don't mean to be like dismissive or, or paint them as, uh, you know, like that I'm, I'm much smarter or whatever. You know, I mean, I don't know, maybe true or may not. I, I, don't, I don't really give a shit. That's not I mean, what we've I'm been talking doing about. it for a while. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but like, uh, I, I just think that they tend to care more about cultural issues. Like, so, you know, the, the fact that Bill Burr is with them on the, uh, you know, we, sh- we should still be able to call people that. Uh, I think that, that, like, that matters as much to them as, like, uh, him being with you on uh, socialized medicine matters to you. You know, like, it's not like they view this as a hollow victory. It's the only thing they're fighting over. I wonder. That's interesting. I mean, it's almost completely anecdotal <laughs> yeah, for me. yeah but you can see i mean you can obviously see that's how trump operates on a lot of things like he cares more about colin kaepernick standing up for the goddamn anthem than any number of policy fights and he's the fucking president uh he is the effing president but i also think that is a very machiavellian um placement of of concern right like i think those are more just things he knows he can win on and then it gets into like the chicken and the egg thing. Oh, I think he pretty legitimately, that's what he wakes up. He does about. not care. Oh, I, I think he does, dude. I mean, I, you know. Or, or if he does, does he only care be because he knows that, does he know that he cares because it's best for his self-preservation and the extension of his, his rule? In my con- conceit, he got into politics because he wanted to bitch about those kinds of things. Like, that he was sitting around just leading a rich person's life and being like, this is pretty good, you know, and all that politics stuff. I mean, I don't like politicians, but boy, if I could stand at the the presidential podium and tell him that 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 goddamn Kaepernick needs to stand up and salute, I think that would uh, really do a lot for me. And the Geico ad. (laughs) <laughs> and the guy go at yeah dude i the the fucking video <laughs> blogs are supporting me left and right um man i don't think we ever talked about this you know in a recorded setting but <clears throat> and it's it's really not worth playing the audio because the visual really sells it but i have a friend who's well i'll just leave it as i have a friend who sent me a video that I think I sent to TC that's like, this is why Trump ran for office. And it's Obama. I think it's the press corps dinner, but I don't know. It might be some other hoity-toity black tie dinner. The one where he's making fun of Trump? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I think that's why you ran. He's like, oh yeah, you think it's a big joke? What if I dismantle everything you've ever done? Dude, it's really like, if you think about it, the only time that with Trump sitting there, I've ever seen somebody 
just ravage him. Uh, I mean, you know, it happens plenty over the course of time. Yeah, like the uh, the Trump roast exists, you know, or obviously that's the whole point. And the the Ollie G thing, I, that's not really ribbing him, but <laughs> it's it's pretty fun nonetheless. I feel like he kind of came out okay on the Ollie G deal because he was like one of the only people to be like, I'm done. Yeah. But yeah, like Obama just getting up there and just having his complete jollies off being like, uh, well, you know, Donald, here's my long form. Like just, and then everyone's just looking at Donald Trump like, is he about to snap? Yeah. And it's like, and Donald just has this like, okay, motherfucker, we'll see. We'll see. Speaking of political visuals, I, uh. I have something that uh, I wanted you to enjoy. I just uh, just texted it to you. Texting a friend a picture during a podcast, you know, is it an effective way to podcast? I guess we'll find out. But uh, I just saw this today and, you know, thought thought you'd like it. Bro, what? I don't know when it's from. I don't have any context. But here's the thing. I don't want any context. Describe to us what we're seeing. Okay. So... <laughs> Uh, in the background I have three decorated uh, military officials from your three main branches isn't that kind of like the just the best seasoning possible for this steak yeah maybe I should have got to the steak first but I wanted to work back to front Uh, in the foreground uh, on my right hand side I have I mean I feel like it might be possibly racist for me to say a man in native american garb because this could be any number of tribal garbs like could be this a pacific be, islander thing possibly right but i can't see the guy's face can't really see much of his features um but he's got you know a um a a frilly skirt on and uh a spear yeah and, 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 and kind of a, a frilly uh, collar thing but no no right. shirt so Pretty right. minimal his, amount of clothing, to be honest. Right, his legs, uh, his legs, his chest, and his arms are exposed. Uh, his hair is cut, which is an interesting twist. Um, he has a spear. He is in a combat position, mm-hmm. and across from him, uh, in a three-point stance, mm-hmm. is uh, Joseph Biden. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's squaring off against the uh, the first people's gentleman, <laughs> and. <laughs> behind joe biden uh-huh uh very close almost in a i will pray for you stance yeah uh is a man um of some age possibly older than joseph uh also in a suit and a lanyard who kind of has a i will pray for you in this battle disposition yeah yeah <laughs> yeah uh just the i i feel like the the specific look on joe's face is really what does it for me uh, he, he seems uh focused uh ready for the challenge he's he's definitely going to war with this guy but he also thinks it's a little funny okay but the other thing is is that three point stance let's say you you go right hand down uh-huh. your left hand should not be on your left knee yeah uh, he kind of looks up. ready to fire out like he's going to kind of use that left hand for momentum yeah well you're behind mm at that point, right? Like you need uh, a right hand pop, left hand around engage. Did I ever tell you like how much my dad loved firing off at us in a three point stance? <laughs> no, but it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Like anytime we would, you know, like want to go at him, he's like, oh, really? Line up. Yeah. 
Line up. <laughs> like, don't punch me. Line up. Let's see it. Fucking bedtime, dude. And, we're like, <laughs> and if you don't believe me, line up. I'd just be like, guess I got to try to get low. And he would just, like, he's like, get low, get low. And he's got his elbow, like, in the carpet. He's like, get beneath me. Come on. Let's see if you can. And we're like, it was funnier when we could just punch you. Yeah. No, he was a huge fan of the, the three-point stance battle. So uh, I was, I, I've been listening to uh, the uh, Dax Shepard podcast. You ever listen to the Dax Shepard podcast? Only the episode with Gordon. Yeah. The one so, at uh, the Majestic. So that was certainly um, somewhat of a driving factor. Uh, whenever, whenever we had our uh, big lake weekend, I woke up to a, a, a you know, uniformly a long text from our friend Brad. He sent, he tends to send long texts, and to be honest, this was a reasonably sized text given Brad's standards. But you know, long for normal people. Um, just uh, wondering. I don't know, man. I don't want to make a big deal with this or anything, but this is more Brad's deal. I, I went. Dax Shepard relapsed. Uh, you know, his, his a big part of his podcast is uh, is talking about his sobriety and everything. And he 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 is a, an alcoholic and a cocaine addict, and he did not use alcohol and cocaine, for which I would applaud him. Uh, but he, you know, ended up in a car accident of some kind, and uh, that that uh, led to uh, opiate use that you know for a time was controlled and then sp- spiraled out of control. So he did a full podcast, just being like. You know, I, I bring my recovery to this podcast, and so I feel like, you know, the uh, a proper thing to do is to, to be honest with you. You know, I, I don't want to represent myself as anything other than who I am, which is, you know, someone who recently uh, had a real tough time with opiates. Um, and it, it's a great episode. I, uh, I really enjoyed it, and I uh, gave it a listen. <laughs> he does, does briefly mention in there that uh, one of the ways in which he had gotten off track prior to that entire thing was that he had stopped journaling. And uh, he said that he stopped journaling about two years ago because he was uh, getting obsessively concerned about if someone else would read his journal that he hadn't intended to. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and Gordon did mention, as Brad pointed out to me on the, the podcast that they did, that, that Gordon had, had read or had at least taken down a, a journal that uh, the Dax, the Dax kept in his house. So I, I just needed to get full, full context. It was really a research project on on Brad's behalf, and uh, I liked the podcast so much that I started listening to uh, to other episodes, um, including one with uh, Jason Bateman, where uh, they got into a topic that I believe you had tried to engage me on in the past, and I don't know how ready I was. Oh, uh, that's past. right. Netflix is the social dilemma. That's it. <laughs> yeah. No. I, so, so maybe maybe I'm commonly, uh, you know, uh, guilty of uh, of of not uh, engaging you properly on topics because that's one example, and here's another. Okay. Um, they they were diving in on the uh, back to front or front to back wiping conversation. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm always ready for this. And so I, you know. I think that I, like, certainly it sounds like their consensus is that I wipe the normal way. And so I had not really thought about it because I didn't even really conceive of what the other way was. But Dax wipes the other way, uh, the the back to front. And uh, he was, like, going in detail to, like, defend the process. What the fuck is that noise? It's uh, it's Henry having a meltdown over here. My dog is... Uh, Hank! He's having a tough time. He's... He's been having a tough week in general. Uh, Henry. Not one of his I'm, most non-annoying weeks. I miss you, brother. 
Yeah, well, you can have them. For a little bit. I still love them. Um, but uh, his thing, so he was, he was like going to Bateman like, I'll bet your toilet, the, the, the seat shakes a little bit, doesn't it? Because you're always leaning up on one side so that you can get access so that you can uh, do the wipe. And I was thinking to myself like, you know what? God damn it, he's right. It does have a bit of shake in it. I don't like it. I wonder if there could be some miracle world where I don't have to, to have to get up and do it. So I was like, you know, this is good. Uh, I'm making the life change. I'm trying it. And I don't know what the fuck he's talking about, dude. Like, I think that he's just describing like that you don't get up. You like just remain stable and just reach back and like just get as far back as you can and then bring it forward. And, and he even described like uh, that he'll he'll cup his balls and like lift them up so that they're out of the way, and then yeah, just bring that. the whole thing forward. And so you you wipe back to front, yeah. And and you could do this without like because like I I just my body started like cramping up like I can't reach that far back from like a normal seated toilet position like the the opening's not big enough for me to like really get my arm all the way back to the uh the 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 back part of my butthole you're saying you can or I'm doing this wrong um man I wish I was on the toilet right now so I could try to explain it to you but like basically what I do is you know I would say like I don't really lift up too much and so Here's the deal. Like, visualize this, right? Like, so when you get the paper to my right hand, even though I'm left-handed, I do this right-handed. Okay. Um, so I kind of, like, I keep the back part of the paper, like, pressed with my thumb. Okay. You know, so that there's, like, it's almost like uh, if you were making a poop taco or burrito, like, you have to have, like, a like something to... You don't want to just, like, wipe willy-nilly all the way up. Like, you have to have, like, a backstop, like a dam almost. So you reach underneath, like basically at a normal, you know, not really much of a raise. If anything, I would say like a 5% raise. Bring it up. Are your butt cheeks touching the toilet? Um, mostly. Mostly. Yeah, I don't know. I, may, I mean, I don't think that this is, I. Because I, what's never made like, sense to me Like, am I so out of shape just, I can't do this? I don't, I don't think that's well, no, the case. Well, no, again, you're doing it the regular way, and there's plenty of people that are very in shape to do it your way. But what's never made sense to me is the idea that I am going to go over my shoulder, around my body, up underneath, and pull it up. Like, that is so much more distance. Like, if we're about <laughs> A to B, you know, quickest route, underneath is definitely quicker. It's a shorter so th- distance. This is always how you've done it? Yeah, definitely. Okay. Definitely. And, and it probably comes from, you know, I always thought that the reason I throw funny is no one ever taught me. Uh-huh. You know, He's father too busy of mine, with never clear. Right. And, um, you know, it's funny too, because I always, you've always heard like the uh, coming of age stories where people are like, your dad teaching you how to shave. I do not ever remember that conversation. Yeah, that uh, that couldn't really happen for me either. Jake. Right, you were gone, and you can't grow facial hair. Both so. things are true. So I, it's like I just you just figure it out. But to me, it just always made a lot of sense to, like, and I get it, like on the female front, obviously, and that's one of the things they tell you in like, you know, baby school is like, look, if you have a female, you're gonna have to go down. Like that's part of the deal. Um, yeah, but and that for was me, kind it's of, like I'm not gonna th- get a yeast infection if like a slight amount of fecal matter, like hits the front of my perineum right like it's 
There's no disease factor here. Like we're just looking for the cleanest, the cleanest option. And that really was the cleanest, that was an inspiration for me because I I feel like you know God has uniquely empowered me to to use this method that uh, puts the least amount of stress on the uh, the toilet seat, and so you know that that that's attractive. But I guess I'll I guess I'll give it another go. But I I don't know, man. I like I just I don't I don't think my arms are long enough. You know that may be part of it too. Is that um, I've always had disproportionately long arms. I feel like I have a normal wingspan, but I don't know. I guess I've never really measured it. I'm not especially yeah. athletic. Well, you know, it's uh, it's an issue where even if you, even if you have a normal wingspan, which I think for somebody my height, I probably do. At the sitting position, I mean, we're all sitting at the same uh, height, right? So at that point. It doesn't matter if your wingspan is proportionate. It really only matters how long your arms are. Yeah, but it's not like I'm five. So six. like we're all reaching to the same point, but if my arms are longer, I mean, and to me it just it just makes a lot more sense. You come forward with it. Now I'll also add in that, dude. I'll never go without a bidet again for the rest of my life. Like yeah, it sounds ever. wonderful. It's and even the ones that are very affordable. <clears throat> and you know, you have people tell you like, oh, but you got to upgrade to the one that's 500 bucks. It's like, look, even this one that was 80 bucks, I'm sure the other ones are better. This one is phenomenal. I am, we've talked about this before, but I I, I, I just worry about improving my uh, bathroom situation in any way because the, the ways I've improved it now, like I just, I can't live the regular way again. Um, I did find myself in a uh, squatty potty-less environment uh, just I, I don't know if everyone's familiar. There's all of you if you don't use a, a little thing in front of you to put your uh, feet up on so it's in an elevated position, you're shitting the wrong way. Like categorically, right. definitely. If if you try it the other way, you're gonna realize. Uh, you know, I, listen. I used to be you. Recently, I was you. He but, can sympathize. Yeah. So I get it. I I thought like been doing it wrong my whole life. No chance. You have been doing it wrong your whole life. It's much better. There's science behind it. I mean, if you just think about it, whenever, you know, man was out in the woods uh, and, you know, he, he wasn't sitting on a, a toilet to do this. He was just squatting down. So it, it's, you're, you're, there's like a ring of muscles that like is, is blocking the, uh, the shit from coming out in the way that it's supposed to. And you yeah. can just relax that ring by getting your, uh, your feet up. So I was uh, just, just kind of experimenting, you know, because as I'm trying to establish, I'm, I'm just interested in getting more efficient in this space in general. You know, I've been doing a lot of thinking about it, trying to find the best methods. Really had my eyes open by this whole squatty potty thing, and I didn't know what other frontiers could be available to me. So uh, I tried, you know, didn't have the squatty potty, and I was like, well, you know, could still uh, relax the ring if I just do like the uh, Yellowstone tells the Chinese not to do, climb on top of this bad boy. And uh, I don't know, it was so uncomfortable. Like it's difficult to maintain that position and like getting down. I was like, am I going to fall over and like need help? <laughs> Is someone going to come out to get me out of here? Um, and so I, I don't think I'm going to repeat it, but it was effective. It does just fucking slide right out if you're just uh, climbing up and squatting on the top of the toilet. Try it sometime. See it. You might like it. Yeah, and to extend this conversation about the proper way to take care of uh, your butt and your um, bowels, I first became aware that this was a, a proper idea before I saw it at your house because in our old home, our bathroom, the bathtub was so close to the toilet that your knees were like almost touching it. 
That's nice. Just a it was natural almost, squatty potty. Yeah, it was almost like, you know, if you've ever stayed with anybody in New York, it was like, how did I yeah. end up with a New York bathroom in Fort Worth? <laughs> like, my, my knees are literally touching the tip of the bathtub. So I'm like, okay, I saw this on Shark Tank. Yeah. But I, I clearly wouldn't have room for one even if I wanted it. So why don't I just uh, put my feet up on the uh, on the bathtub here? And now what I do... And this is probably not totally safe, you know, because I could like slip and slide forward is um, we have a really weird bathroom. It's like the one part of our house that never got redone. And by weird, I mean tremendous waste of space. Like our shower is, I don't know, you've seen it. It's, I it's, have, and I'm, I'm not as critical of it as you are. I think it's fine, well, but uh, I, I, I see what you're saying. Just critical from a space usage standpoint. Like, it looks, it's just weird. Um, and it has, like, a little closet toilet. And in this case, your knees are so close to the wall, you just put your feet up on the wall. Mm, okay. And then you can kind of press against the wall and, like, fully create, like, a, you know, now you're, like, it's fr- it's a uh, friction or or pressure really from both sides. Yeah, like I'm pushing against the toilet. You know, now the the problem here is I could like slide forward, and that would be a whole. So the two things I wanted to uh, mention whenever you brought up uh, Dax's podcast, um, mm-hmm. the first one were as you started to say Jason Bateman, I got to like the one note um, that I had for tonight. Are you watching Fargo? No, is it good? I mean, I think it's really good. I haven't. I'll probably watch it. I watched the whole, uh, I rewatched the movie like last week. Fucking awesome. Did you do the first three seasons or no? So I did uh, the first two and loved them very much and uh, got about halfway through the third. Felt like I was pretty bored. Didn't really care how it ended and stopped totally watching. Totally agree. Totally but agreed. I, but I never like, finished. Oh, we talked about this, right? Yeah. yeah. You, but my OCD is such that I, yeah. I got to finish it before I watch the fourth one. I know it's not that's connected. Right. I don't care. I got to do it. So that's why I haven't started watching it yet because that's right. Yeah. There's my social dilemma moment. Yeah. Um, that's okay. So I think at this point, Jason Schwartzman has had my favorite or at least most. If I could have one entertainer, uh, entertainer career uh, among anybody, really in my in my life, like just because of this role or his life in general? No, dude. Like, I mean, the fact that he was like, okay, so obviously, like, like how much of his backstory do you know? I mean, he is uh, Megan's top number one celebrity, so a good bit. Okay, so I mean, the fact that. Like, it's not like you were just handed a band. Like, you're, you're, you're at least taking a van for a little while in Phantom Planet. Like, he's lived the actual road life, and not as a front man, but as a drummer. That's pretty yeah. fucking cool. I mean, I, you know, I, I feel like... I think he was only doing it, like, after Rushmore, you know, at least concurrently. Like, But I think that's cool, too. Like, if you're famous and you're like, yeah, I'll go do whatever you guys do. Like, I'll drum in this band. Yeah, and no, but I mean... It's cool, but like, yeah. No, I, I don't. I don't want to it's argue against quite, it. What's the guy's name that was? Uh, but it, that it doesn't seem like them. a sacrifice to me. It seems like it's fucking awesome. Like I would love to be involved in like a, a touring musical thing at some point. And you know, 
I'm a I'm a dream achiever. I think I'm going to get there one day. Um, but uh, you know, so it does. It doesn't seem to me like he's making a sacrifice. It seems to me no, like no. I wouldn't say cool sacrifice lifestyle. as much as it is just like being interested in living different types of of life. Yeah, and which some I agree. Of those are, I think that's I I, I want to live life that way. Yeah, and some of those might be somewhat less you know, accommodating the way you're used to. And Night Timing, the Coconut Records album, is one of my favorite albums of all time. Like I'm that's not familiar. An, an, and that's a, oh, yeah, you definitely are familiar with West Coast. Maybe. I mean, I've the probably song? heard whatever song you're talking about, but. Oh, know. West Coast, is, the second uh, song on that album is, is, it's incredible. And he's the front man for that. And then he's done like, you know, just a bunch of weird shit up until then. And or and then afterward, like I don't know. I just think he's had such a really weird, interesting career, where it's like, yeah, you're famous, but not so famous that life sucks. Um, you're not just. Uh, I'm trying to think of the guy's name, the Thirty Seconds to Mars guy, Jared Leto. Right. Like I felt like his move into music was just a, hey, I want to go be a front man for a band um, because I can capitalize on my fame. There's something uniquely cool about being like, I just want to go be a drummer. Yeah. Yeah, like, I mean, I, I, s- I imagine that he loved drumming like as a kid or something, right? Sure. Yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. I'm and not you saying know, that is critical. I had no effing idea that Francis Ford Coppola was his uncle. Yeah, I, I did know that. And that Sofia Coppola would make it, uh, you know, his cousin. Or... That Nicolas Cage was related to, to the Coppolas. Yeah, in uh, uh, Fast Times, he's listed as Nicolas Coppola. Really? Yeah, but he, he, after that, didn't want, like, he didn't want you to be like, oh, fucking Coppola's kid. You know, he wanted people to think he's a self-made man, Nick Cage. Do you think most people know that? I mean, I guess it depends on how you define most people, but uh, yeah. Well, like, do you think most people who know who Francis Ford Coppola is know? Yes. Okay, because I certainly didn't, and I'm a, a huge fan of Nico. Yeah. Oh, of course. But, you know, life has many surprises for us. So the I'm other sure thing I thought you were going to mention when, uh, when we were talking uh, Dax and uh, Jason Bateman, not Schwartzman, uh, about journaling is just the like ever present desire to rip out everything before the day you're sitting down to write. Oh, really? Holy shit, man. Yeah. Dude, I mean, it, it sucks. I, uh, I think, yeah. When, whenever you were like, uh, imploring us on the, uh, Twitch stream one time, you got to try it like for the, I think it was quarantine related. Like you'll, you were saying like, you just, you'll want a record of this. Yeah. Uh, I found it very hard to keep up with it. I, I did not feel like what I was writing down was like tremendously important, but I didn't hate it. Like I, I liked that there was, you know, 15 pages of, uh, of, of my, my thoughts or whatever. I mean, you know, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I was, I was reason like I didn't, I wasn't proud and like, boy, the world needs to see this. Like I definitely thought it was like fucking dumb ephemera, but, uh, I was fine with it. It, it did not fuel self-loathing in any way. Yeah, I don't know that it's so much a self-loathing as just feeling, you know, it's just blasting you in the face, like how boring you are. <laughs> yeah, I guess I did have that, and but like, it didn't make me want to rip it out. Yeah, like just, you know, <laughs> I think even for people who are decidedly uninteresting, as you're, you know, expressing your thoughts, you're like, ah, oh, boy, 
Look at me. Yeah, committing, no, I, com- committing my emotions to the page. Like, ah, oh, I feel so good about this when you close it. And then literally, like, if you look at it one week later, you're like, God damn, this sucks. <laughs> like, this is, you are the most <laughs> basic human being possible. And then it's even worse, like the book I have to Nora. Like, if I flip two pages back, I'm like, this is fucking worthless, dog. Like, <laughs> well, if she doesn't think you suck already, by the time you give it to her, she's going to be like, you're boring. No, oh, no. You once, you add, once you add 10 years. You love years. me? Very cool. That's a pretty standard play for a dad. Glad you wrote it down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I mean, like, uh, my... And I don't, I don't mean to say this as like uh, slagging her efforts because I, I think that she was a very talented writer who uh, uh, spun narratives quite skillfully. Um, but my, uh, my grandmother, I think I've mentioned, kept a, a oh. journal that I now possess. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, that, that definitely made me like, like I said, I think that she's doing a good job, but I'm also <laughs> super aware that, of how interested I would be in it even if she wasn't doing a good job. Like, just knowing what it was like for people your blood related to 20 years ago is tremendously fucking valuable. Yeah, so, so like, with, with time, the mundane might seem more, yeah. you know, valuable to a, to a person in the future than it does now. But it's like, like it, and part of it, too, is, you know, I've kind of oscillated between the, the online and the written. Mm-hmm. Partly because, I don't know if you guys have checked in on this in a while, but, like, writing for 20 minutes with your hand hurts. I love writing by hand. It does. I. I'm. I guess I do it enough. It doesn't really hurt. I mean, I don't know that I'm. I doing love it for a minute. At a time. I love it for a minute, and then I'm like, oh god, eee, whew, these I hate joints. Like, Dogs like when it comes howling. to like expressing thoughts or something, you know. Yeah. So I've done the online deal too, which sucks because then they'll give you the haven't heard from you in a week and i'm like fuck you <laughs> i've been dealing with something yeah. <laughs> and then they'll give Don't me the worry see about what, it see what you were thinking three months ago and i like you know i'll click on it and the the body of the journal entry is in the email and it's like man things are weird uh <laughs> <laughs> you know it's like <laughs> if I, <laughs> I don't know dude it's so stupid it's so so stupid you're like oh, is this the best insight i have every day like if so we need better writers in season two yeah because i don't <laughs> i don't know that i'm capturing the moment properly that uh that part of it i i identify like if you'd asked me before that experience tc do you think you have an interesting thought every day and i'd be like just one a day yeah, dude. Course. Bursting at the seams. <laughs> yeah. And then it's like, all right, well, whenever that one comes to you, just sit down and write about it and tell no me what problem. you got at the end of a week. No problem. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. Yeah. So uh, I guess uh guess I don't have any interesting thoughts at all. Or you thought it was weird that hey, that this uh this thing has been politicized. Oh geez. Wow. Novel take, dude. No one <laughs> else could away. have ever come up with that. Like it's it is it is definitely a reminder of just how how dumb yeah no i i gave up i haven't written a word since june yeah you know for me like i actually feel like way more fulfilled doing the one to her i'll bet and it's not so much and i'll tell you why it's not so much because it's better it's because 
it's really, really hard to imagine, even if you try, your kid being older than they are now. And if you'll allow me to explain, for some reason, it's easier for me to imagine myself being 50 and being like, man, you fucking sucked at 35 than it is for me to imagine her at 17. So like, as I'm writing to her now, I can almost only read it when I'm done with it (laughs) as if she's almost too reading it. You know what I mean? Like, it's almost like, I don't know, maybe that's not the, it doesn't sound like I have no idea when I'm going to give this to her. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. And I've mentioned that in every single uh, entry, which is absurd. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Fair. Like it doesn't make any sense, but like it's easier for me to imagine myself thinking I suck 15 years from now than it is for me to project even what she's going to be like tomorrow today. Okay. Because I mean, mainly just because it's a different person. Right. Yeah. And you know how you felt about yourself 15 years ago. Exactly. Figure it's going to be about that. Exactly. Yeah. So it's just more comforting uh, at this point for me to be like, oh, yeah, she doesn't hate me. Well, uh, I hate me, so I imagine that'll still be the case. Yeah, maybe she years grows up to be a very uh, emotionally generous person, you know? <laughs> emotionally and editorially. <laughs> very forgiving. <laughs> On all levels. Yeah. Um, what else do you have? Because I have one more thing I wanted to talk about, and it's uh, it's uh, Twitter and Facebook. But it has nothing to do with the documentary. Okay. Um, then, uh, yeah, that, that dovetails with uh, what I wanted to talk about, because I just don't feel like I've had a chance to uh, get my opinion out about the social dilemma, Jake. Okay, good. Yeah. Um, no, uh, Eric, uh, one-time guest, uh, you know, a regular emailer, a friend of the show, Eric Beal. Um, Great dude. Yeah. He uh, he engaged us in email about the social dilemma, and uh, I sent a response, and he sent a response, and then uh, I didn't respond to that because I was just thinking about it and uh, figured that uh, it would probably be better on the podcast because uh, I was just interested in whether or not you uh, you buy this or not. So he uh, mentioned uh, as as one of his points, um, you know, PragerU. He used it as an example of uh, you know a way in which social media is having an, an ill impact on uh, you know the populace. Um, there's a, a video where he interviews Mike Cernovich that was posted four days ago. It has 345,000 views on their site and 240 on YouTube um, already. So, you know, just saying, like, here are bad ideas. Look how fast, you know, they're, they're getting out there. Um, and my point back to him was, like, social media didn't invent bad ideas. Uh, the National Review was, uh, I think it's National Review. I'm trying to remember. I always forget which uh, is William F. Buckley's paper. Yeah, yeah, National Review. National Review, like, uh, Buckley was writing, like, crazy fucking things. Like, if you think that, uh, you know, like, um, I, I quoted him in the email. Uh, here's the quote. The central question that emerges is whether the white community in the South is entitled to take such measures as are necessary to prevail politically and culturally in areas which it does not predominate numerically. The sobering answer is yes. The white community is so entitled because for the time being, it is the advanced race. So he's saying like because fucking race science proves that uh, whites are better. Uh, it doesn't really matter how many votes that uh, the blacks can get. Like the whites should, uh, you know, use whatever tricks they can to uh, keep them out of power, just because you know their uh, their little brains can't handle it. 
uh, which is, you know, um, I I, th- I would venture so far as to say I'm not sure that PragerU has published anything that bad. Uh, so I'm just I'm just saying I would say like, that's pretty safe. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying like, uh, you know, so someone sitting at home reading this paper uh, versus someone sitting at home watching that video, um, you know, both seem bad to me. I, I don't I don't know that we're getting worse in that uh, in that, um, you know, realm. And uh, his response, which, you know, makes plenty of sense is, uh, yeah, true enough, but like uh, just more people are going to see that video because it spreads easier. And this gets to where the uh, the point that I would like to make, which is that it seems like you're dangerously close to uh, having the assertion that like it's bad to be able to spread ideas, <laughs> which like whenever the ideas you're thinking about are the PragerU ones, fair enough. Uh, but like I don't know that you want that as your your base position uh, and I'm not like the biggest free speech guy in the world. Of course, I think it is somewhat valuable. I think the people who think that's the only thing that matters and it's the most important thing, I, you know, I, that, that seems uh, misguided. Um, but so then th- that's kind of like where I would get back to on this is like the spread of ideas is good. And like in general, you should want it. Um, there are certain ideas that are so bad that we should not want them spread and social media like potentially raises the stakes a little bit, but the problem is not that social media exists. It's that the companies are insufficiently interested in policing those bad ideas and like they act like it's impossible to do it. And I think that some amount of people absorb that message and believe it. And that's fucking crazy. It's just that it, it might be, I doubt it, but it might be impossible to uh, police them and make uh, a giant profit, <laughs> but it's not impossible to do it. If, you, if Facebook employed two people for every single user that was, uh, the, the, those, the, all those uh, people were tasked with, you know, checking all of the posts constantly and, um, you know, having a certain guidelines of, you know, like this is a, this is something that's, you know, white nationalist ideas. We're, we're just trying to get them off there. And you had two people employed for every single user to go around and look and make sure that uh, no one was posting white nationalist stuff. Like, of course they would accomplish that job. People don't post all day. Uh, like you, you would, you would have uh, plenty of uh, ability to do that. Now, like, I don't know that there are that many people in the world. I, I'm not actually no, there proposing aren't. a system where, uh, you know, like uh, the entire world's workforce just goes to keeping white nationalist content off the platform. Um, but like you could probably do it with a, a small, you know, like a one, one moderator for every uh, five people, you know, is probably a pretty, still pretty easy task. Um, and I, I'm just saying like that it's, it's all stuff you could do. It's just that, it's expensive and difficult. So they want to be like, it's so expensive and difficult. You're not going to make us do it. Are you? Um, so I, I don't know. I just, I, I don't think that social media itself is the problem is what I'm saying. Like, it's not like the free spread of ideas is, uh, is, is per se bad. I would say that it's generally good and that we should be really happy that, uh, we can have, you know, communication and, and uh, you know, be able to, to, to share our values so widely. It's just, you know, it, it does raise the stakes of like curating it, but that doesn't mean like that the companies themselves are like evil in like the, by the mere fact that they exist. Does that, do you agree with that? Yeah. I mean, I agree with it, but again, we're debating what the responsibilities of these companies is or are, right? I mean, I think their responsibilities are high and that they don't take them seriously. 
Okay, but I mean, if if you that seems to somewhat run counter to what <laughs> what your opinion is, like if you can't have two people for every person to watch this, and you know that it can proliferate on your platform, then what do you do? Yeah, I mean, I just think that if if they cared as much about like there was a time they don't. You- That's a thing too, right? Is that I think that the heart of it is that like what is their business? Like they run a website, so. How are they being treated? Are they, you know, you get into the whole, like, is it a utility or is it a medium? And I don't, I, you know, I mean, I feel like we've been having this debate for a month now. So, um, I don't know, but I, I, I feel like the, the New York post story is right up the freaking alleyway of this entire conversation though. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I think it's good. I mean, I, I, I haven't like uh, dove I think into it's good all that the what? Did they banned it? I think it's not good. Uh, you know, say more on that. Well, I mean, I think it's, you know, it's one thing if, um, you know, a story catches fire that results in my mother-in-law in in Louisiana calling us and saying, um, we're concerned about coming up for your wedding because, uh, we heard that there's a town 30 minutes South of Dallas where there have been 10,000 Ebola cases and the entire town has been quarantined with a fence um, so we don't know if we can come up like, don't we have the common sense to say that that is below the threshold that a story that is, you know, possibly journalistically, um, you know, to be fact checked as unverifiable and, and 70% or 80% untrue regarding Hunter Biden and Ru- uh, Rudy Giuliani that ran in the New York post. Like, those are the same thing now. Like, and, and to me, it's mostly just like, it's, it's frustrating this, you know, whims of the day sort of, uh, you know, legislative policy from the tech company. Like this story is probably bullshit, but you've spent 10 years and in specific five years allowing shit that is way more unfounded, including Hillary Clinton fucked the Pope, like get a hundred thousand shares. And now you want to decide that something is, in the, is actually in the New York Post. That's the one you're going to stake your claim to? Yeah, but I don't know. Three let's, weeks uh, out? Let's see how they act from here, dude. Like, you're saying it's hypocritical, but like, uh, and like, yeah, you're right. Like, they're being inconsistent, but like, the, the behavior prior to now is the problem. Like, say, taking something That's where the, true. Yeah. That's so true, but, but they needed but to treat those just... other stories like the one, like they're treating this one. And so the fact that they're treating anything like, boy, this seems bad. Not like, this is the kind of thing we don't want to spread. I'm entirely comfortable in, you know, I mean, like, obviously it's very fucking important who it is and like, you know, how all this stuff functions. But just like, as a rule, am I okay with someone saying, like, this is good, this is bad? Yeah, dude, you have to. Of course you have to. Like, you can't just have, like, fucking, you know, Nazis are good stories going everywhere. Yeah, and of course, also the argument against what I'm saying may be that it's obviously, it's easiest to shoot down the biggest target, right? Like, so something that is in the New York Post that you think is going to be widely shared and spread, um, it would be way easier for you to pick that off than what, you know, Ron 07654321 uh you know, says, but it, I'll be me, very disappointed if five years from now, the only time they did that was that New York post story. Then I will climb up on this wall with you to say that they're 
really fucked up and uh, doing bad things. But if this is the dawn of, you know, them starting to like really get serious about trying to uh, say like, you know, which content's good and which content's bad, like, I don't know. I, I fully embrace that. It just smacks to me of That's just exactly re- what I want. Yes, but it, it, to me, it smacks of reading which way the wind is blowing. So you spent five yeah. years, particularly Facebook, like cozying up to and literally having dinner with your Peter, uh, Peter Thiel's and, and even, you know, actual Trump because it seemed like that would help you from a regulatory standpoint. And now you're like, oh, geez, I don't know. These, uh, <laughs> these polls look pretty rough. Why don't we try to get in three weeks early? On like a possible Democratic executive branch, like for one, I think that's pretty weird. To me, the bigger news in the New York Post story was the QAnon um, bans. Yeah, like that matters way more to me because that shit is obviously insane. Like, do I think something shady happened with Hunter Biden? Of course, it's Hunter Biden. Do I think it verifiably did not get to Joe Biden? Yes, I do. Yeah. But there's a lot more to that story than there is, like, you know, a deep state pedophilia plot that involves Donald Trump being Superman. Which, by the way, we haven't done a podcast since it was reported that he actually wanted to exit that uh, Marine One and walk up to that balcony and open up his shirt and show a, a Superman T-shirt. Who the fuck talked him out of that? Like, what are you doing? I, I'm like mad. I would beat them up. If I, saw, if I knew who it was and I saw them, I would beat them up. Jared, what are you doing? Like Number it's a great one moment idea. in American history right there. Yes. Unless he would have had sweaty nips. I would have lost $500 right there. You would have. You would have. And I would have been glad to pay it. They need to get uh they need to or get receive the, it and then, the and then back pay in it to his campaign. Telling him uh, you know, let let Trump be Trump. Let you remember Trump when I really used Trump. to run one of those stories during the campaign like once every 2 weeks? Right. Like advisors are now believing that the only path to success is to let Trump be Trump. It's been a while since people have said that phrase in the media. I miss it. How do you feel right now? Uh, I've already figured out how I'm going to spend the 600. 500 from you and uh, 100 from some random asshole on Twitter who uh, wanted to jump in the mentions and get a big talk. He'll never pay. That may be true, but, you know, my lawyers are going to do their best. (laughs) <laughs> and it all comes uh, full circle, doesn't it? <laughs> it's, it's the same dude. I've got him on retainer. <laughs> all right. Uh, we'll see you soon. Yeah. That's it for tonight. The high school special is next. So until tomorrow, for everyone who's been a part of this one, I'm TC and Jake. We do thank you for watching. Good night.